It was this past Thursday while I was trying to get my car unpacked, but I kept finding myself getting drawn instead into the stories of the saints. What my car was full of was essentially Incarnation's go bag, because in the midst of the evacuation, several of us had packed up sacred items and historic records from the church into our cars for safekeeping. And so for four days, my car was filled to the top with boxes of service registers and parish archives, personnel records, along with our jeweled brass Avery Shepherd Memorial Processional Cross, removed from its staff and safely riding around cushioned in Abigail's car seat. <laughs> We had packed those items up in a hurry. But on Thursday, during the slower process of unloading, I couldn't help but leaf through some of those old records. And there they were, names and narratives of the great cloud of witnesses in this place, the great cloud of saints from Incarnation Santa Rosa, whose, whose prayers have soaked into these wooden walls over the last century and a half. There were baptismal records of baptisms done in the 1860s in the old courthouse, the first old courthouse, by the pioneering missionary James Lloyd Breck, and of the decision to build this Redwood building. There were stories of great conflicts and stories of healing. There were vestry minutes from the aftermath of the great financial conflict in the 1950s that divided this parish in two. There was the newspaper clipping recounting how this very processional cross had been stolen from the church in 1996 and rediscovered 10 years later by Marty Kennedy at a rummage sale. <laughs> this cross has an intriguing history. And there were vestry minutes full of the names of saints like Cedric Johnson and Russell Tye and Francis Spader a saint of this place who went into her glory within this past year. We who worship in this place today are standing on the shoulders of generations who have come and prayed before us. And that's true in every congregation, not just those with 150 years of history. A brand new church plant that opens this week is just another budding branch on a vine that stretches back through the centuries. Today is All Saints Sunday, a day when we celebrate what is sometimes called the church triumphant, that portion of the church, that portion of the body of Christ that has already finished their earthly race, and who now cheer for us as we run ours. They pray for us and strengthen us, and they are the ones whose ranks we trust by God's grace that we ourselves will someday join. And we are what's called the church militant, that portion of the church that is still struggling and running our race here on earth. And we come to this day, this year, on the heels of a week that has been full of struggle, a week of disruption and displacement and fear. We come to this day hungry, having missed our congregational Eucharist last Sunday, 
as more than half of us scrambled out of homes, many not sure there would be homes to return to. So we come back here today with a complicated mix of exhaustion and gratitude and celebration and anxiety. Gratitude certainly for the heroic efforts of firefighters and responders, shelter staff, volunteers, and celebration that no lives were lost in this fire nor anyone even seriously injured. Celebration that the scope of destruction was so much less than it could have been very easily or than it looked on Saturday or Sunday night like it was going to be. And of course, we are also at the same time painfully aware that even though fewer people have lost homes and property in this fire, for those who have, the losses are every bit as devastating. And we're aware that lost wages and spoiled food and evacuation expenses have hit many people hard and the poorest the hardest. And we're aware that our entire community has experienced a collective sort of reactivation of trauma from 2017. And so for almost everyone, there can be psychic and spiritual wounds that can go deep, even when they're not readily obvious on the surface. We gather together with a complicated mix of joy and complications. And fortunately, as Christians, we know how to do that. Because the Christian life is one of complicated joy, of suffering and trials as the saints face before us, but also a life of assurance that the one who loves us will never leave us and never let us go. One thing that has been so apparent this crazy week has been how much we need one another as a church and as the wider community. We're in this together. And one of the most obvious ways that God has been present through this week of fire and outage and evacuation has been in the ways that the saints have stepped up to be the hands of Christ for one another. Just two examples. Last Sunday, after we had secured the church, I put our parish database into a Google spreadsheet and began asking parishioners to help me make calls to see if we could find out where everyone was and if they had a safe place to stay or needed one or could offer one to somebody else. And within short order, more than 20 people had stepped up to be invited to that spreadsheet. And as I looked at it from my own laptop, I had the eerie experience of watching multiple entries pop up and be filled in at once on different parts of the spreadsheet as different saints in different places were logged in and making call after call. We talk about the cloud of witnesses. We were in the cloud of witnesses together. And meanwhile, I was having phone calls with fellow clergy of neighboring congregations and from across our diocese and the Diocese of California to our south, trying to think about not only how to make sure our own people were okay, but how to also try to be of service to our neighbors. And just one story from those conversations. Many of you know Kai Harris, who grew up here at Incarnation and who is now married to Christy Laborda Harris, who's the rector of our neighbor parish in Sebastopol, St. Stephen's. 
Kai works for a nonprofit that serves low-income people here in Sonoma County. And through their network of contacts, they became aware of a group of laborers in Cloverdale who had evacuated from near Geyserville and were camped at the Citrus Fair. But there was not an official evacuation center there, and there was a lack of supplies and services. Their nonprofit knew of those folks, but didn't have anyone on the ground to go check it out or offer help. But Christy, through our conference calls, was able to contact the leadership team of Good Shepherd Cloverdale. And within short order, they had sent folks out with blankets and supplies. And so at a time when resources were stretched, it was the network of the church, it was the family of the saints that had people on the ground just where they were needed. Those are just two little ways that I saw the communion of saints at work this week. And I know you've seen others. And I know you've been the communion of saints for one another this week. I know that each person here has in some way been the hands of Christ for another person this past week. I hope that you will share those stories with one another over coffee after the service and in the days and weeks and months to come as we go forward to process and remember and learn and plan for the future. But one thing that has been clear this week is that the church militant is still on the move, just as it has been in every age to love and serve in the name of Jesus. And as we do it, the church triumphant is cheering us on. Just like for them, we are not assured an easy road as we run our race. We will endure trials and we'll endure temptations and we'll sometimes be afraid. But their example is before us and more than that, they join us and they pray for us. And Jesus, our captain and theirs, runs alongside us to guide and strengthen us until at last we cross the finish line and join with all the saints in our true eternal home.